Good morning. It is time to get up with the Aaron Express. Can Rodgers ride the road to the playoffs? We'll tell you the one thing he needs to do on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the D in Big D stands for Don't Do It, Dak. A debate on how the Cowboys should handle the final game of their season. Plus, the news from Philadelphia. It's not clear, but it's not good. Why the most important eagle may be grounded just when his team needs him the most. We've got all that and more as we get up with you starting right now. Delighted that you are there on this Thursday as we work our way through this unprecedented week in the history of pro football with Dan Graziano, Rob Ninkovich, Damian Woody. We've got Diana Rossini at Bill's camp, so we have complete coverage of all of the news in football. And, of course, it begins with the latest update on Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, who remains, as of this hour, in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. The Bills announced yesterday that Hamlin showed, quote, signs of improvement. His oxygen levels have improved since he was brought to the hospital on Monday night. They added that he will remain in intensive care as the health team continues to monitor his condition. Now, in just the last few minutes, Adam Schefter tweeted the following. DeMar Hamlin's father, Mario Hamlin, addressed the entire Bills team on a Zoom call to personally update everyone in attendance on his son. Mario Hamlin informed the Bills that DeMar was making progress, and in the words of one source, quote, the team needed it. You see that that Zoom call took place Wednesday. That's yesterday. Here we are on Thursday. Again, Diana Rossini is there, and we'll have um, all of the news from the Bills camp as we go. But obviously, the big question here today is how this football team that just witnessed what it witnessed on that field with their teammate, their brother, as I know you uh, football players so frequently will say, how do they turn the page? Well, that's the, completely the wrong way to put it. How do they prepare to play a football game that matters a lot this coming week? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely difficult. But, but being a football player, there are, there are moments where actually being back on the field is like therapeutic. It's therapy. You're with your, your brothers, your teammates, and you're back on the field doing what you love to do that you've been doing your whole life. So um, it, it is not an easy thing. It is, it's one of the more difficult things to, to move forward with the season when you're trying to go and, and get into the playoffs and, and, and win that first seed and do all these things that the Buffalo Bills have to do. Um, but as a football player, you are conditioned to, to get back on the field, to do what you love. And, and really, when you're on the field and you're running around, um, it, it is almost therapeutic. You know, it, yesterday we talked about compartmentalizing. And yeah. as Dominique Foxworth said, the hard part about this thing is that it took place in the compartment. Right. Usually the, the, the tragedy, the difficulties are away from the field and away right. from the team. And so you come together. This took place on the playing field, and so it is obviously a different circumstance. Look, we're dealing in things that here that we've never dealt in in the, in the <coughs> NFL or in any sport, really, that we can think of. So uh, imagine what that is like now for those players today. Very tough. Um, I've opened the question, like, I don't know how those guys will be able to play against New England, to be honest with you. Because just like you said, it's usually when you talk about tragedy within the family, it's usually off the field. Yeah. You know, but this happened, you know, this, this unfortunate incident happened on the field of play. And psychologically, it's, it's, it's a barrier that these guys are going to have to get over. But I think the one thing that these players are going to probably rally around is the fact that, you know, even as, you know, DeMar Hamlin is, is, you know, fighting for his life, you know, in the hospital, he would also want these guys to continue the march to what they were ultimately playing for, which is a championship. You know, like that, that to me is the ultimate 
uh, the ultimate response into, you know, for what, what's been going on is continuing the journey that all of them were on starting in training camp. Yeah. And so I think to me, you know, just echoing something that, you know, Nick was talking about, like the, the, the therapeutic part is, is, is continuing that march towards hopefully a Super Bowl. So, Dan, I know that you have been uh, in, 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 in all the conversations that you've been having. Some of them have been with the league and the conference calls and all of that. And you were telling us in the meeting this morning that the scheduling even of the game this Sunday against well, New England is not a certainty at this moment. There's a conference call yesterday with league officials, including Troy Vincent, who said that he's been in contact with Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills uh, and that all of the conversation has been about how are you doing, how is DeMar doing, et cetera. Um, in terms of the question of making up the Bills-Bengals game, that was a big topic on the conference call, uh, and they, they're undecided on that. There could be news at some point soon, but we'll see. But it was also brought up, like, are you in contact with the Bills in terms of how they feel about playing this week against the Patriots? Yeah. And what Troy Vincent said was th that they would let the Bills' feelings on this guide them, which obviously leaves open the possibility that they may have to make an adjustment there. Now, I'll say this. I, I reached out to some people I know with the Bills yesterday, just sort of how are you holding up? And most of the responses included, well, it was good to get back out on the practice field with mm -hmm. the guys, right? Even though they did a walkthrough yesterday, just a little feeling of normalcy. Because the thing you have to understand, not only is it an, a, an event they witnessed that would shake anyone up, like the Bengals are shaking up, anybody that saw it is, they're also worried about their guy. And that's why I think this Adam Schefter tweet from this morning is, is, a, is, is part of what needs to be happening here. If they can be reassured that things are going to be okay with DeMar Hamlin, and I'm not sure that they can at this point or, or will be before Sunday, that would make, I think, a big difference in their minds and in their ability to go out and compete. If they feel like, all right, well, he's making progress, he's doing well, he's going to be okay, I think that would matter a lot. So the absence of news on him, I think, has been a big impediment to a lot of the business that people have tried to get back to this week, and for understandable reasons. There's also an element, I would imagine, psychologically, of hearing from the family if the family's yes. encouragement right. is, go out and play, yes. go out and do what you guys do. Again, I w obviously, I wasn't a part of the Zoom. I don't know specifically what was said, but if you see Shefty's tweet where it says it was needed, one figures that maybe that was part of the conversation. We will see. Again, Diana is there. We will have the very latest from there as there is news. In the meantime, uh, Dan just touched on it briefly. The Bills and Bengals, the game from Monday night, uh, that does factor hugely into the upcoming AFC playoff race. There is so much that is still to be determined. The Bills were in control of their fate as far as getting the number one seed. They just needed to win their final two games, which included that one uh, against Cincinnati. If that game is canceled, then the Bills would need both Kansas City and Cincinnati to lose this coming weekend. For the Chiefs, their path to the number one seed was for Cincinnati to win the Monday night game. If that game does never get played, then a win Saturday would get them there. They would be the one seed. And as for Cincinnati, the only way they get the top spot is if the Bills game is ultimately played. Here was Adam Schefter with the latest on the league's thinking yesterday. I actually spoke to somebody yesterday that said the game from Monday night has bad mojo, that the league, one person league, would like to just see it go away altogether. Now, people say that that's unfair. Well, life isn't fair, as we saw on Monday night, and that may just be the way it is. It counts as a no contest, and you go on from there. So there are all of these different possibilities, and I think that in a circumstance like this, we all have to accept going in. There is not going to be an answer that is going to make everyone happy. These are impossible circumstances. So what do we know about where the league's 
head is right now. They, were, they started talking about this sort of in earnest yesterday. What do we do? Uh, the, the possibility of just sort of not resuming the game. And as Adam mentioned, calling it a no contest, which would be the same as if it had ended in a tie. In terms of the standings, would be the same as if it ended in a tie. Uh, I think that's very much on the table. And I think there's a possibility that we're going to get some level of news on this, possibly as early as today. Uh, the other possibility, you say many possibilities, but given the timing, given that this is happening in week 17, week 18, th there is a limited number of things they could actually do. There aren't bye weeks to push games into, et cetera. Uh, the other possibility would be to, if you felt you needed to play that game, push the entire playoffs back by a week um, and play that game as a standalone in, in what would then be a week 19. I don't think there's much appetite for that, but... It would, it would answer the question of you know, the fairness of completing every game and everybody having the same number of games. But uh, again, you heard Adam talk about how people are feeling about this game. We just talked about how we're not sure you know, teams are going to be ready to play even this week, let alone uh, you know, next. So, so I, think there's, I, I think we'll get some news on this in the next day or two, possibly <coughs> today. At, as we sit here, my sense is the most likely outcome is that they will not resume this game. Yeah, you're, and I think the first thing you said also is right, which is at the end of the day, there really are only two options. One, don't play the game, and the other is to play the game and then figure out how you go from there, making it work as best as can for everybody. So, D. Wood, how, how and in what way should fairness factor into all of this. We all understand that we're dealing in circumstances now that are so much more important, even than who winds up winning a championship, obviously, but that does matter. It's certainly not unimportant. How should they take all of that into account as they figure this out? I think because of where we are in the season, I think, you know, like, I agree with what Adam, Adam Schefter said. Sometimes life isn't fair. It's just, you're just running into a time crunch right now. I don't, I, me personally, I don't see how they make up this game. I think Adam hit it around the head. I think there's just bad mojo with this game. I don't know if guys will want to go back to Cincinnati and play that and play that game and kind of you know relive the, relive that whole situation. I think it's going to be a situation where, quite honestly, can't you know X, X out that game. Kansas City more than likely is going to be the number one seed, and life is just going to have to go on, and, and guys are going to have to just deal with things. Listen, players deal with things all the time. Mm -hmm. That's just part of reality. That's part of you know, the season, season is part of it, had different flows and stuff like that anyway. And I just think that there's just not enough time to go out here and kind of fix everything that happened from, from Monday night. There was something that happened yesterday, scheduling-wise, to pay attention to. They announced that the Ravens-Bengals game on Sunday would start at 1 p.m. Eastern. Mm -hmm. Previously, they had announced that that game would be a 425 game if the Bengals won Monday night. Mm. Because if the Bengals won, or, I'm sorry, if the Bengals lost Monday night, because that would have made it an AFC North championship game. So the fact that they've now put it at 1 o'clock, does that indicate maybe that they're saying that they're not going to pick that game back up? Because, because then that would mean that the Bengals have already clinched the AFC North. Correct. To, to connect those dots there again, if the game is not made up on Monday night, the Bengals are the champions Correct. of the Ravens AFC North. That has already catch, yes. been decided. How, how, how much... Uh, should they take into account the overall fairness of scheduling and competitiveness in all of this? I think, first and foremost, the number one thing that they need to be aware of is the health and safety of the players. If you're asking them to play two games within a week span, a five-day span, I, I don't think that it is possible for them to make this game up. Mm -hmm. And then even pushing back a week, you, there's logistics to 
everything if yeah. you push things back a week. Yeah. I mean, there's hotel reservations. There's, there's other things that have to be addressed that probably won't work. Um, so I don't see how they can make this game up. I really don't see how they can make it work. I don't see how they can think it's fair to even the Bengals and the Bills to have them play two games within a span of two weeks. And then what do they do moving forward for a bye week? Uh, again, I understand everyone else has played 17 games mm -hmm. and they're playing 16. Um, but then this goes back to the fact that they wanted to add an extra game to the season. And, and now, you know, the health and safety of the players being number one is, was what the NFL is, is always preaching now. Um, I don't see how they can fairly get this done and, and not put the players at risk of injury. It does feel like the likeliest outcome here, Dan, you've said it, is that they wind up announcing at some point that the game will not be made up. But we do not know that, and we right. will continue. Of course, Dan is working the phones, and we will have the very latest as we go. In the meantime, there are a great many games this weekend for us to cover, including the one Sunday night at Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers told us, and some, not me, didn't believe. Now he and the Packers control their destiny. Will they complete the journey on Sunday night? Plus, according to his coach, Dak and the Cowboys are all in to try and win the division. I have a feeling I'm going to make everyone angry when I tell them what I think they should do. That's coming up as we get up with you on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. 
Sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words, or in this case, at least two. It's what do you over. Think? The Packers are in trouble. They're going down. The season's <laughs> over. It's a fairy tale, man. I don't see that. That's a piece of cheese, and it's smelly. It's over. Their season's over. Done. Benito. Well, we've all seen some of the uh, commentary outside. Now what are you going to say? Well, I guess there's only one thing. <laughs> Ninko, you've been making the signs all season long. All of a sudden, the sign reads a little differently this morning. What do we say about A.A. Ron and those Packers? I might have been wrong. <laughs> I, I might have been wrong. And, you know, yeah. I just drew a quick sketch. We got of, another one here. Yeah, just a real quick one of Rogers there. Just. <laughs> oh, that's really impressive. Yeah, way. sorry. Sorry. Aaron, I, I mean, I wish I was, the, I wish I was in the there. Pat McAfee circle of trust here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, with me saying that the season was over. Yeah. I thought it was over. I mean, honestly, come on. When you look at, the, when you look at where the season was and, and the product that they were putting on the field. Yes. You would have thought it was over, right? As evidenced by the fact that you did. And now I might, have, I might be eating my words and some of the, that stinky cheese. So uh, the Green Bay Packers ha have been able to put together an impressive four-week run here. Now they're in a situation. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he's excited. He's, he's double doing his, his motions on playing the guitar in the end zone. Yeah. Um, all the, the things that really make you want to to sack a quarterback extra hard. And um, <laughs> I, I do believe that the Packers, if Aaron Rodgers is playing at the level that he has been playing, uh -huh. can get it done. They can put themselves in position uh, to, to get into the playoff race. And uh, it happens against the Lions, which I would say is going to come down to the Lions' pass rush. If they can get to Aaron Rodgers, hmm. they are the second-best pass rush team right now in um, the last month of the season. They're getting after quarterbacks so that's going to be key. They picked off Rodgers three times when these teams met earlier. Let's put the picks yep. on the screen, Cindy, and let's see if anyone here thinks that Rodgers is not going to make it. And uh, uh, oh, we have oh. one lonely oh. lion on that screen under my name. Don't, don't question. Look, we all know you did that just so it didn't agree. That, that, that's fine. You really do think the Packers are going to win. Yeah. But what's amazing is Ninko is back. Like, like, it's, like Ninko's taking him. That's Ninko correct. is saying the I'm Packers just, are going to make the playoffs. That is what that pick says. I've been wrong a few times in my life. <laughs> and and, I, and I, I'm man enough to say that I was wrong. So I, I love Dan Campbell and, the, and the, his post-game wrestling speeches, but I, I just think the Packers are on a roll. How about it, D. Wood? Because through so much of this season, the conversation was not just that they had been underperforming, which they had. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of questions specifically about Aaron, about his leadership, about whether he was handling it all well, about whether they'd be better off without him in the long run. He must be enjoying the heck out of the little signs that oh, yeah. Ninko is not the only yeah. one who has to make. Yeah, I love petty Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I do. I mean, he, he's real petty right now because he, listen, like, like, like all athletes, they hear the chatter. They hear what people are talking about on, on television and all the other social media type of stuff. So, listen, kudos to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. They proved a lot of people wrong, including myself. I was part of that, that, that bandwagon of folks that, that was ready to stick a, a fork in the, in the Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. But... Man, they've done a really good job, and it's and it's really been the the the, the thing about the Green Bay Packers, it it hasn't been on the back of Aaron Rodgers. That's right. It's been on the back of the defense. The defense has been creating turnovers and the running game, and Aaron Rodgers has been kind of along for the ride. Let me show that to everybody here, Cindy. Let's put that up if we can. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has gone a career long four straight games with one or fewer 
touchdown passes. He's averaged just over 200 passing yards during the win streak. The offense has just candidly been much less reliant on him. They pass the ball just a little over 50% of the time. And so Dan Graziano, a conversation we've had all year long was, well, Rodgers hasn't been at his best, but the team has underperformed. This defense was supposed to be really good. It hadn't been. The running game should be dominant. It hadn't been. Suddenly, those other pieces are coming together. Yeah, I I just want to point out, I haven't mentioned this in a while for whatever reason, but I did pick them to reach the Super Bowl before the season started. I I don't know why that just occurred to me (laughs) to say today. Um, Look, what did we say at the beginning of the season? What's it going to take, right? They're going to have to lean on the run game and the defense while the young receivers get up to speed. Well, what did we see in the second half of the season? They started to find a formula. The defense really started to play better. They're starting to lean on the backs a little bit more. The young receivers, particularly Christian Watson, became a bigger part of what they do. I know he missed last week's game, but the fact is the turnaround started around the time that he came back healthy and became, you know, so so it did follow the formula, sort of. It, it took a really long time. I will say this, because Aaron Rodgers has been a guy over the last couple years that's been, it's been easy to, to poke at, right? He's been easy to criticize for some of the things he's done the way he's acted. He's been real steady for the last four months. Like mm-hmm. when it was bad, he was the same as, like, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. If, they, if it comes to that, to have a discussion about, do I sit down and play Jordan Love? I will have that discussion. We're not there yet. Let's see. And he has been very impressive from that standpoint, outwardly and from my understanding, inside the building. So he deserves that credit uh, for sure. But, yeah, this is, uh, this is remarkable. There's no question. Look, there's no room for criticizing Aaron Rodgers today. I mean, that, that's just the reality of it. He has silenced all of that, yeah. at least for the moment. You don't have to be his biggest fan, but you can't help but be impressed with what he's done. Now, you said you accused me of solely picking the Lions because I don't want nothing but Packer helmets Am to I be wrong? on the <laughs> Am I wrong? You know, you're not thoroughly wrong, <laughs> but I will say this. I think we are, there is a, there's an element, you know, we, we are professional overreactors here. Mm. So, I mean, the Lions for the second half of the season have been great. I'll not good, they've been great. Now, I know they're not the same team outdoors. They're playing outdoors at night in the cold, but you're covering that game. And you're telling me it's not going to be that cold. It's not going to be that cold. It's supposed to be 34 degrees there on Sunday and the low temperature in That's the 20s. Balmy. I mean, seriously, I may yeah. wear a tank top. Not bad. Like, I don't, you know, I, please I don't, do. I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I, I guarantee you Pat McAfee will. I don't think America's ready for that. You don't need a tank top. You yeah, know, yeah. One way or another. I, are we selling short the Lions? The Lions have been great. <laughs> I'm looking at the second half well, of the season. They have come back well, from be, being – they were way more buried than the Packers here, were. Here's what – yes, we are selling short the Lions. Um, particularly, Jared Goff has been great. Great. Yeah. Great this year. Like, you want to talk about the quarterback comparison. I don't think it's close between Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff. Jared Goff is clearly playing better than, than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I think that here's the question. Yeah. I saw two weeks ago, Carolina Panthers ran for 320 yards against that line defense. Right. Mm-hmm. If they can stop the Green Bay Packers rushing attack, oh, they – they can, win, they can win in Lambeau. And well, they can. And look, the Lions scored 27, 28 points a game. They scored 15 in their first game against the Packers this and year. And one. And that was before the Packer defense got going. Well, if they can stop the run, so the key right here is the Lions. And Hembo gave me some of this little bit of Hembo stats here. The Lions have 119 quarterback pressures in their last nine games. Yep. So that's second in the NFL. Now, the now that's has, impressive. He's played his way into the defensive rookie of the year and all sure. that stuff conversation. They have been very, very good. Do not rule out. I know it's been a magic carpet ride for Aaron and everything else. The Lions were 1-6 at one point this year. Don't write them off. All right, as we continue, another team. Well, this team had completely the opposite experience so far. A couple of weeks ago, the Eagles were a lock to be the one seed. Now the door is open for several other teams. Do they need their quarterback this weekend? 
weekend? We'll answer that question next. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, we are back on Get Up, and it is called Overreaction Thursday. I'm going to say three things that I think people are generally saying, and Dan Graziano is going to tell us if those things are overreactions. So here's the first thing. Everywhere I go, people say, you know, Sean Payton is going to be the coach of the Chargers next season. Is that an overreaction? I I say it's not. I've heard it a lot, too. And look, Chargers are in the playoffs, so, uh, you know, do they change coaches? We've seen it from time to time. If they were to lose in the first round, theoretically, yeah, but... Look, the Charger job, if it came open, is the one that people would be lining up for to coach Justin Herbert. And I, I think that Sean Payton, uh, obviously, it would be among those people. I don't think it's an over... I'm not saying it's going to happen. Chargers can make the Super Bowl and, and make all of this irrelevant. But I don't think it's an overreaction to say that it could happen. Okay, that's definitely one to keep an eye on. The next, if I were to say the Vikings are going to lose their first playoff game, would that be an overreaction? I don't think it's an overreaction. Look, the... Full respect to the Vikings for all these incredible close wins. That says a lot about what they have inside. They've also been completely blown out by the Eagles, by the by the the Packers, and the, by Cowboys. the Cowboys. Yeah, these are the teams they're going to have to play, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, could they could, could they take out Tampa Bay if that's the team? Maybe, but look, they just haven't shown the ability. Other than Week One against the Packers, they haven't shown the ability to hang with the top teams in the conference. I think that that's what ends up happening here in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, they will draw one of the uh, lower-seeded teams in the first round of the playoffs uh, one way or another. They will get a wild card. So, they'll get a home game. We'll see if they're able to the win Packers it. The Packers just crushed them. They, they could get the Packers. Uh, meanwhile, one more. If I were to say the Cowboys are going to steal the division and be the number one seed, would that be an overreaction? 
I say, I say it's not an overreaction, but a lot, the division for sure, right? Like, that can absolutely happen. The number one seed, they need a help. They would need the Niners to lose to the Cardinals, which is almost inconceivable right now. But um, I think at the time that I wrote this in the column, uh, I think the Niners were losing to the Raiders, full disclosure. I, I think that's – and, and I didn't go back and edit. So, anyway, the division. Let's keep the focus on the NFC East, where no one's won it two years in a row right. in 18 years. And I think it's not an overreaction to say the Cowboys could end that streak if things break the right way. Well, let's show you exactly what Dan is talking about. This is how they wind up winning both the division and the number one seed. To win the division, it's pretty simple. They just need to win and have the Eagles lose to the Giants. And adding to that, as you you just said to be the one seed they would then also need the Niners to lose to Arizona so with those as the stakes Mike McCarthy was asked if he will pull his starters if the Eagles are beating the Giants Sunday here's what he said if that one's a, a blowout and your guys game is tight I mean if, is your philosophy there let's still go win the game or what well we want to win the game yeah I mean you can't go into the game and, and, and think you're going to shift gears you know of course, again, I, you know, I just thinking just from principle alone. Uh, so we're, we're going to do everything we can to win this game. So for the record, we actually have seen that before. You, you guys remember when the Colts just basically played Peyton and those guys like half a game against the Jets and they didn't. Oh, so yeah. we have seen teams yeah. like play half a game and then not finish. <clears throat> it's unusual, though. So I get what Mike McCarthy is saying. He doesn't have it. I don't believe he has the decision to make. Do we try and win until we see what's happening somewhere else? The game's going to be going on at the same time. I understand yeah, that. Yeah. But my bottom line is you either go into this thing thinking we're going to try and win the game or we don't. Should they? Should they be going all out? Should Dak be out there? Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Micah Parsons, all of their best players, should they be out there this Sunday trying to win? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, have you, Granny, have you not been watching the Dallas Cowboys? I've been watching. Yes. I mean, we, did you see them against the Houston Texans? Yes. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars? Of course. Against the JV Tennessee Titans? That one. Yes. And you want to sit here and tell me, oh, yeah, let's sit our guys that somehow, some way, magically, they're going to all of a sudden start playing better after they, after they sat? Like, no, they need to try to play and work out things that's going on with this team. If guys are hurt, then they don't play. But otherwise, if you're healthy, they need to be out there playing football. Let me ask Ninko. D-Wood and I had this conversation yesterday. I have not got the, the Patriot way generally was to play guys at the end of the season. You always had, or frequently had, meaningless games at the very end because you had locked things up. And, and I'll make it clear. The Cowboys, assuming the Eagles don't lose, they're locked into where they are. Their game is Correct. meaningless. So that wasn't on the full screen. But I just want to make sure everyone realizes that they're the five seed. They're going to Tampa unless Philly loses as a two-touchdown favorite on Sunday against the Giants. What would you do? Trust me, there's meaning to every football game. And there's guys that have incentives here that they want to play in this game because they want to reach their, their bonuses. And as a, as a player, every single game that you approach, you want to go out there and, and, and play your best. Obviously, you want to do that for not only yourself, mm -hmm. your future contract status, and, and what possibly you have on the line. I could think back to But I'm talking about Dak game. Prescott. Michael, yes. I'm talking about yes. the best players on the team. You're running the they, risk of them getting hurt in a game that very likely will not you, mean anything. There's a risk in walking out to practice. You know, like these guys. Guys Not as be, big. You can't play half speed, though. So the problem is, when you're on the football field, you can't play 75%. You can't, in the back of your head, be thinking, I need to stay healthy. Right. I can't get injured. Because right. you know what? That's when you get hurt, when you're not playing at your 100% your full speed. So for me, I feel like there, there have been games in the past where you have to evaluate, and that's just my experience from the Patriots, 
when you have games at the end of the year, that didn't mean anything. But you have to evaluate your team. You have to see, okay, which guys are, are healthy to go out here and play. You don't want to risk somebody's health in the playoff playoffs, but they have to play football. You know what I'm they evaluating on Sunday, if I'm Mike McCarthy? Cooper Rush. Put him, Dak is standing next Mm-mm. to me. Tony Pollard is standing next to him. All the most important players are standing there. The Eagles are not going to beat the Giants. The Giants aren't playing anybody on Sunday. Saquon Barkley is going to be watching the game with the rest of us. I would be resting all of my starters if I were the Cowboys. What do you think of that? I think you're out of your mind. Now, tell me why. I, I don't think it makes any sense at all. Do they have something to play for? Is, is there a chance that they can gain by winning this game? The answer is yes. So you try and win the game. Period. End of story. They could be the one seed. They could be the two seed. They could have home playoff games instead of road playoff games. There is something to play for. These gentlemen are very intelligent and and excellent football analysts, and they make a lot of good points. I just think it's simpler than this. As long as you you can attain something by winning the game, you should try and win the game. And right now they can. You're telling me you know the outcome of the Eagles-Giants game, a game that could potentially feature Tyrod Taylor against Gardner Minshew, and you know who's going to win that game. I don't buy it. I don't think you can base your analysis on, I can confidently predict the outcome of an NFL football game. No, I get that. But what <laughs> I, I can't. Think, I, can't. I, don't think that's, I guess I can't. I can assess. <laughs> I can assess. <laughs> the Packers playing golf a month ago. Jeez. I can assess the likelihood, though. And I, can, I think that it is likelier that someone that I care about gets hurt in this game against the, the a meaning an otherwise meaningless game against the Commanders than that the Eagles are going to wind up losing a game they desperately need. So, the right. Eagles desperately need that game whether they have Jalen Hurts on the field or not, right? So let's go to the first round of the playoffs. They're playing the Bucks. Looks like an easy opponent. Should they rest guys to have them healthy for round two? Most I mean, obviously like, not. Like you got to win a game. Like you, this isn't. Everyone wants no a buy. Those guys. This is your buy. This is if you're the Cowboys, take your bye right and now. By the way, Tampa beat them last year. The Cowboys played their guys in Week 18, and they didn't have anything to play for. They just wanted them. They wanted to get them some looking good before the playoffs. Look how well that worked out for them. Didn't work okay. out great. In the meantime, that's exactly. I'm just right. saying that's what they're going to do. So now let's get to why the Eagles is a little questionable. Because the quarterback remains questionable. At least as of yesterday, he was listed as limited in practice. And that's, of course, Jalen Hurts, who has missed the last two games with a shoulder. The coach, Nick Sirianni, talked to the media yesterday and was asked about the quarterback status for Sunday against the Giants. And here's what he said. We're going to see how this week goes. And we'll see how today's uh, walkthrough goes of, of everything. And then... You know, tomorrow we'll see a little bit more because we'll be more than a walkthrough. We'll be practicing. And so, you know, we'll get a better idea here within the next couple of days. Look, here's the situation. I mean, since well before Christmas, they've just been trying to lock this thing up and they've been unable to do it. They've had a chance to clinch the one seed each of the past three weeks. Our analytics had it as 99% to earn the buy entering the Dallas game. It's now fallen to just 82 Again, they are a two-touchdown favorite this weekend. But as each day goes by, Dan Graziano, just sitting back and reading the tea leaves, I'm, I, and I, I would defer to you and the people you're talking to, I'm getting vibes about the Jalen Hurts injury that feel different than what it sounded like at the very beginning. I'm going to say what I said the last each of the last two weeks, which is that I personally, based on the conversations I'm having, would be surprised if he played this week. Now, I've been surprised before, right? Like, the fact that he was at walkthrough yesterday matters because that's a lot of, there's a lot of game plan installation the Eagles do on Wednesday. So, um, you can't rule it out. But the sense I get is that it's not likely that he plays this week. So that, you know, they've lost the last two in a row without him, right? Mm-hmm. Does that bring in the possibility of, of you know, you, you end up not winning the division and going on the road when you thought you had this whole thing uh, in hand? Possibly. But, 
If, if he's hurt, I don't think they're going to put him out there injured with his, with his throwing shoulder not right. So, um, yeah, we'll keep an eye on this throughout the week. As Sirianni said, they have a real practice today, not a walkthrough. So if he's able to do more than expected, then maybe the outlook changes. But right now, it doesn't sound too optimistic there, to me. There aren't a lot of good ways that this turns out for the, the Eagles. One of them is that he plays this weekend, and now he's in some degree of harm's way. The other is that he doesn't play this weekend, and even if they still win, he will have gone 34 right. days between games by the time they host their first playoff game. So should they treat this like a playoff game, Ninko? Should they put him out there unless he absolutely can't go? Uh, no. If he's 70%, you don't put him on the football field. No. I mean, he's, he's got to be relatively healthy to where you are confident that he could take a football hit, mm -hmm. he could hit the ground, he could throw the ball down the field and not re-injure um, that area of his shoulder. Because if he does have an injury to that shoulder in this matchup, he's not going to be available for the playoffs. So you don't want to take a step forward and then take three steps back. So wherever he's at, I mean, at this point right now, I think that they shouldn't play him. I, I think that you should continue to protect him. Don't put him on the football field. Hope that your team can go out there and get the job done so you do get that first round bye. Because if, he, if, he, if they don't win this game and they don't have a first round bye, then you're going to expect them to play in a week. Right. And now all of a sudden you're a wild card and you're right back where you were last year in the beginning of the playoffs, which is at Tampa and Tom Brady in a game you got blown out. Now you're an entirely different team than you were back then. So let me change the question slightly for you here. D. Wood, do they have to win this weekend to make it to the Super Bowl? If this team winds up a wild card, do you think they can win three road games? They've been so good all year long. Can they win three road games and make it to the Super Bowl anyway? Yes, they can. If Jalen Hurts is healthy, they can. And I think that's what you got to measure against, right? Okay, do we want to put Jalen Hurts out there less than 100%, knowing, knowing how their offense operates, knowing how Jalen Hurts plays, or keep them healthy knowing that we are in the playoffs, even if we don't get the number one seed, at least we have a healthy Jalen Hurts. That's what you got to measure. I, I, I agree. I think a healthy Jalen Hurts is more important to them than home field advantage. I think that, that, that that's absolutely a big deal. And that – you know, look, where are you going to end up? Like, you're not going to, like, no one's going to have to go to Green Bay. Like, like you could end up indoors in Dallas. You could end up in San Francisco. It's not like it's going to be horrible conditions you're going to have to combat as a result of this if you're on the road with the Eagles. They have to get him right and healthy. If they don't get the bye and they have to play a playoff game next week, we're going to be sitting here talking next week about, oh, is he going to be healthy enough to play this game? So they have to, that, that's the highest priority for them right now. Yes, they can go to the Super Bowl uh, as a wild card team as long as Jalen Hurts is healthy. And I, I will say just one last thing. Yeah. This really speaks to the importance of, like, Jalen Hurts is, is really is a really good football it's player. It's not the system? Is that it's, what yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not the system. Like, any, you, there's no plug and play like in San Francisco. Like, Jalen Hurts matters to the Philadelphia Eagles. Absolutely. By the way, Tad Prescott has tweeted at me. He thinks the Cowboys should play all of their starters <laughs> this weekend. Tad, I'm trying to protect your guy. I mean, I'm doing <laughs> the best I can. To, we need Mac healthy in two weeks. No one's rooting for them play. more than I am. And that includes you. Okay, uh, so one way or another, we'll see what winds up happening. And we got hockey coming your way tonight. ESPN Hockey Night, Alex Ovechkin and the Caps in Columbus taking on the Blue Jackets. Coverage starts 7 Eastern Hockey tonight on ESPN. As we continue, right, this is getting very, very interesting in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson, again, no practice yesterday. Is there suddenly a real problem between the Ravens and their superstar? We'll answer that question next.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, we are back on Get Up. And again, uh, Dak's brother, uh, Tad Prescott, who is a a close friend of the show, uh, tweeted at me, the answer is yes. So he wants his brother to play on Sunday and thinks that the Cowboys should play all of their starters. And uh, what can I say? I mean, you know, I I love the man, but he's wrong. I mean, (laughs) Dak should be standing right next to – wait, put the camera on for a second here, Cindy, and then we'll get to the next thing. He's wrong. They should – Dak – here's Mike McCarthy should be right here. Bird flew by. Mike McCarthy should be standing right here. Then Dak should be standing right next to him. Then Tony Pollard right next to him. Then C.D. Lamb right next to him. Then Micah Parsons. Then Trayvon Diggs. Don't take any chances on getting any of these guys hurt. Wrap them in bubble wrap and save them for Tampa the following week. That's where you're going. They play football like you can't. I mean, you got to play. You got to put somebody. I'm signing guys off the practice squad. Okay. <laughs> Our next stop is Baltimore, where this situation. I'm really not exactly sure how to characterize it. Here's what we've got: Lamar Jackson again not present during the media viewing of yesterday's practice. It's the 13th <coughs> straight practice he has missed with a knee injury. John Harbaugh has seemed increasingly frustrated by the situation. Here's what he said yesterday. You know, I'm just probably going to leave all that stuff alone. You know, I'm going to focus on the game and uh, uh, just get ready to, to coach our guys and have our guys get ready to play the game. D. Wood, you keep laughing. Is that, I mean, the second day in a row. Why? What is funny? Why is that? Like, John Harbaugh is just tired. He's so tired of talking about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And that's his guy. Yeah. But yeah. it just shows you, like, he's exhausted by this whole situation. Um, there's something, there's some mojo going on down there in, oh, is it Owens Mills or whatever it is? Yeah. But down there in Maryland, there yeah. is something going on in that building because clearly the coach thinks that the player, it should be healthy enough to play. And then watching the Baltimore Ravens offense, you would, he's probably desperate to get his guy back out there. And, and, and Lamar is like, I'm not coming back out there. Yeah. I'm hundred percent because of the way, my style of, my style of play. And oh, by the way, make this little thing of that contract yeah. that we didn't get worked out. What is the incentive for me to come back and play right now? Yeah, I'll tell you exactly what's going on. It's not that complicated. Uh, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. He has 200 and something million dollars hanging in the balance, and he's got a bad knee. I, I, I don't know that anyone would say, oh, th- what he needs absolutely to do is get out there and play for his teammates right now. They, they made this bed. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson made this bed before the season began by going into it in the lame duck fashion in which they currently exist. And this is a predictable, Dan, candidly, a predictable outcome. I just want to start by, by making sure everybody's clear on what we're saying. We are not saying 
that Lamar Jackson is healthy enough to play but refusing to play. I, I, I believe that he right. is injured. Right. Uh, yes. And that his knee hurts him. Yes. Uh, and I, I think D. Wood is correct, that I think he, he's made the decision that I don't want to play until my knee doesn't hurt. Right. Uh, or maybe the playoffs will change his mind, about, right? Because they're in the playoffs. Like they, this game, they don't need this game to continue their season. They're going to have a game next week regardless. So um, I, think, I think it would be naive to, to assume that the contract isn't at least part of this, right? Because I think you're probably looking at a player who, is, who has in the past been willing to go out there at less than 100%, uh, and right now does not seem to be. And, and again, I'm not, especially when it comes to injuries, I don't want to put myself in the head of a player because I don't know how his knee feels. Uh, maybe it's worse than we think. But what we know is we know that the coach is frustrated. I mean, we can see that mm -hmm. on his face. We can hear that in his voice. We know that before the injury, yeah, Lamar was missing a practice here and there. You know, like there, there was, it was a little different already this year than it had been in years past. So I think we have complete license to believe that, that there's something going on between player and team here that is, that is new and is disconcerting. If it sounded like I was suggesting that he's faking no, no, an no, injury, no, no. I just, there's nothing is further from me. People the are going to hear things. I understand. Right, no, right. I'm glad you clarified it. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that if his knee hurts, then he, he's got to, he is thinking of himself, which at this particular moment, if indeed he is thinking of himself, at this particular moment, he is well within his rights to be doing that because no one else is going to be thinking of him first. And if the coach is frustrated by it, I get that part of it too. It's a frustrating situation. But again, we all knew that this was the direction this would likely head because football players get hurt 100% of the time. I'm on Lamar's side in this situation because a, a PCL, a knee injury, especially mm -hmm. the way that he hurt his knee, when you drive your knee into the ground, and that's usually a PCL injury, there have been players that haven't been able to come back from certain PCL injuries. I mean, I think Sean Merriman, he tore his PCL, had it fixed, and, and never really got back to where he was before the injury. So Lamar has to make sure that he feels confident that he can go out there on the football field and protect himself and be able, and run the way that he's supposed to run. And, and when he's tackled, like he's going to get tackled, not re-injure the same injury yeah. that he had because with that mechanism, when you drive your knee into the ground, you know how many times that's going to happen moving forward? Yeah. Every single time he gets tackled. So he needs to make sure that he is confident when he steps on that football field because confidence in, in football is like one of the, the biggest factors in playing at an elite level. You have to have confidence. It's worth mentioning another byproduct of the likely cancellation of Monday night's game between the Bills and Bengals is that this game is no longer for the division. Assuming Cincinnati and Buffalo do not play, then the Bengals have won the division. Had they lost that game, then this game would have been for the division. So th there could have been a lot more at stake in this game than there currently is. And you know what? I, this is not the time to be thinking about the offseason. But, T. Wood, this is going to be a very interesting offseason in Baltimore with Lamar, isn't it? Do they get a long-term deal done? Do they franchise tag their star quarterback? This is going to be a very interesting offseason in Baltimore. There's going to be a lot of discussions. Again, there's a lot of bad mojo going on <laughs> right now. On. There's something going on in Baltimore, and that whole situation bears watching. That's all I can say. Can I take everyone behind the scenes? And I say this with, with great love and respect. Dan Graziano, I always say, is the one who always tampers me down. Like, I'll always try and make a big deal about stuff, and Dan always downplays it. When Dan said, something's going on, that you're willing to acknowledge that something is going on. Well, no, that suggests to me that this is like a DEFCON 4. That's I mean, what I, I think. I've, I've heard and seen a lot of coach press conferences. Yeah. The last five or six that John Harbaugh has done, there's something going on. Uh, listen, we've seen, we've seen it. You can tell when coaches start 
I don't know. When they start doing all that, there is something big going on. I'm just coaching the guys that are out here. <laughs> there you that go. was the one that tipped us off yep. last week. Yeah, the most yeah. important guy is not out there. We'll see if he makes it back. In the meantime, hey, Graziano, where'd you go to college? Oh, come on. Take a look. No, no, no. We're not talking about the losing streak. We're talking about the dunk. Literally. Take a look at this eye candy. Brandon Murray of Georgetown. Oh! This is interesting to me. It, it, interesting now, to me. it's worth pointing out that they oh. lost. Ooh. They lost their 20. Ooh. You can't have it. Ooh. We have 25 an straight chair, An empty chair here. Come on. Come Dan on. is leaving because Georgetown lost their 25th consecutive game. The McConnell's messing with me. That's what's going on here. He wouldn't put this in the show if I wasn't on. They haven't won a regular season league game in 673 days. Thanks. Uh, as great. we continue, okay, we, we will go back to Buffalo what's as we cool? continue in just a moment for the very latest. Uh, Diana Rossini is there. We'll have an update as we continue in just a moment. 